As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Tonight we're going to be talking about Noah and the word that Noah received from the Lord. It's going to be good. And we want you to have the whole study guide. It's free. Just go to render.org to download it. It's 10 parts. God's Hall of Faith. It's like getting a book and it's free. It is loaded with so much material. I don't know, maybe you teach a Bible study. This would be a great thing for you to teach at the Bible study, and it's all laid out for you. Or if you just want to dive into Hebrews chapter 11, here it is. It's like a banquet table set for you, and you can order the whole series that comes with it, 10 parts, and really I would encourage you to order it. And the stand-ups for this series are filmed in St. Petersburg at the Winter Palace. It is just beautiful. You will love this series, and it will feed you. And remember that if you need prayer, we want to know how to pray for you. We would love to pray for you. <laughs> Praying for our friends and our partners is a part of our God-given assignment. And if you let us know how to pray, we'll really pray. Just write to us, prayer at renner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. The moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to really pray for you. But Maxine, welcome to tonight's program. Thank you. Thank you for you, for this home group. We're learning so many wonderful things. I'm so blessed by it. Amen. Paul? We have for you tonight Sparkling Gems number one and Sparkling Gems number two. These are our special offers on the daily program. I am sure that these will be a blessing for you. I'm positive of it because these books have been a blessing for me. They've helped me, even though... I have been under the teaching of my father for my entire life. As I read Sparkling Gems number one right now, I'm learning things, and it's building up my faith, and I'm sure that this will be helpful for you. Now, although these are big books, and they're, they're not small books, they're big books, they're not hard to read because you read just a little bit every day. So you open up to any day of the week that it is, day of the year that it is. For instance, I just opened it up to September 4th, and here is Hebrews 12, 15. It's only one and a half pages, two pages of text. Not difficult to read and very encouraging. Thank you, son. Hey, Denise, welcome to the program. Thank you, and home group, welcome. I just loved, if you, if you didn't watch last night about Enoch, go to the archives and watch about Enoch because it was so encouraging. Well, tonight we're going to talk about <clears throat> Noah. Noah was a real individual, but let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 11. And tonight I want us to begin in verse 6. That's where we ended last night. And when you come to Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We've been talking about staying in a place of faith. We saw that Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that word substance is the Greek word hypostasis. It really means faith is standing by things hoped for. And by the way, it means you got to wait. you got to stand by it. It means you're going to have an opportunity to walk away from it, to let it go. But real faith never bends, never breaks, never surrenders. I say it's like a bulldog that found the bone of its dreams, it's wrapped its jaws around that bone, and it doesn't matter how hard you pull or tug, you're going to drag that bone clear across the house. We once had a dog named Zhuzha. 
When Zhuzha would grab hold of her toy, you could not get it out of her mouth. You tug on it, you could literally pull her all around the house. She was not going to let go of that toy. That's the way you have to be with any promise you get from God. You've got to say, this is mine. I'm never going to let go of it. Not ever, ever, ever. I don't care what the devil does. I don't care what life does. I don't care what my family says or what my friends say. I'm never going to let go of what I know God said to me. Faith stands by what is promised until it receives the manifestation. Then you come to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hold on. I found something interesting. Okay, go right ahead. 11, 6 says that (coughs) he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And 10, 35 says, "Cast cast not away, therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. It talks about reward here twice. It does. There is a reward for staying close or holding on to what God has given us. And the word reward, recompense, really describes payday, which means if you'll stay in faith, payday will come. Mm -hmm. Now, if you bail out, payday will show up and you won't be there. The problem is not God. God's going to show up. But are you going to be there? You've got to stay in your place of faith. And that's what Hebrews 11, 6 is about. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. What does that mean without? Well, I know that when you read that in the King James Version, it sounds like the absence of faith if you don't have faith. It doesn't mean that at all. It's the Greek word chorus. It means to be outside of something. Not the absence, but to be outside of something. And last night I said, like this room, you can be in this room or you can be outside of this room. You can be in it or you can be out of it. And Hebrews 11:6 literally means if you abandon a place of faith and you move out of faith, which means you can be in faith or you can be out of faith. Hmm. For example, you can be in faith for your healing. If you're in faith, faith defines your place. Your promise says, this is what God promised me. I'm never going to move from here. But if you surrender it and give up on your healing, then you move out of that place of faith. Your word from God defines your assignment. It defines your geography. It defines your address. And when you said right now, without it or out of the place of faith, unfortunately, several people came to mind right now that left the place of faith. And when the answer came, they missed it. They weren't there to rejoice in it. So many people, you know, I'm even thinking of many Soviet people who prayed for revival to come to the Soviet Union. They prayed and they stood and they believed and believed. And then they got tired and they immigrated. They left and revival came. They missed what they prayed for because they left. Very sad. Isn't that amazing? Very sad. Think how many people really get a promise from heaven and they spend years standing and standing and standing. Then in a moment of weariness, they walk away and the promise shows up and they miss it. And that is why the last verse of Hebrews chapter 10 says, we're not of them that withdraw and experience perdition. Perdition describes decay. It's just a sad thing Mm -hmm. when somebody has waited and waited and then they recede and they miss it. Mm-hmm. But Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, outside, if you move out of a place of faith, that's really what it means. You can't please God for he is a rewarder. It means he's going to pay. He's going to reimburse those who diligently seek him. The word diligently means it takes hard work to do this. I'm not going to lie to you. It takes real work 
It takes tenacity to stay in a place of faith. And then immediately the Bible gives us the example of Noah, of one who received a word from God and who got into agreement with it and refused to give up. And I'm sure he had a lot of opportunities to walk away from it, but he did not. Look what the Bible says, and we're going to look at the example of Noah. Verse 7, by faith, what does faith mean? This unbendable, unbreakable faith that never surrenders, never recants, never relents, never lets go, it never budges. <clears throat> Noah being warned of things not seen as yet, <clears throat> moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Noah had this unbendable, unbreakable faith. He heard from God. That's why the Bible says being warned of God. Being warned of God is a Greek word which describes, listen to this, a business transaction. It's a very unusual word. And it kind of gives us the picture of the kind of relationship that Noah had with God. He and God did business together. He was in business with God. He and God talked with each other. They did transactions all the time. He had tuned his ear to hear the voice of God, and he was warned of God of things not seen as yet. The Greek words, not yet, never before. He was told something was coming that nobody had ever heard of or imagined or fathomed. God told him that a worldwide flood was coming. No one had ever seen something of this magnitude. And in fact, according to Genesis chapter 2, verse 5 and verse 6, it had never rained up until that moment. The Bible says that a mist came up out of the earth that watered the whole earth. No one had ever even seen rain. And now God gets this, Noah gets this word from God that the heavens are going to open and water's going to fall from the sky. Well, first of all, nobody had ever heard or seen of such a thing. I mean, people would have thought that he was crazy. If he said, water's going to come out of the sky, nobody had ever heard of that. And he began to announce the whole world was going to be covered with water. Nobody had ever heard of that. God instructed Noah to build an ark, which was also something nobody had ever heard of. Even more, God told Noah to begin to collect animals of every kind and bring them into the ark. What do you think the neighbors thought when lions showed up and tigers and rhinoceros and bears and snakes and everything you can imagine all coming into the neighborhood? What do you think the neighbors said about this? I'll guarantee you what they said. They said the kook is destroying the neighborhood. <laughs> First of all, he's deranged. He thinks water's going to fall out of the sky. He's building an ark. What is an ark? We've never even heard of such a thing. And the man is bringing wild animals into the neighborhood. The man is crazy. Can you imagine the things people said to him? How about Mrs. Noah? I can just imagine Mrs. Noah. Say, Noah, if you didn't hear from God, if this is your imagination, you and me are going to have a serious conversation because she was being radically changed by this word that her husband got. Her life was becoming inconvenienced. And by the way, I recently did a lot of study because we're going to go see Noah's Ark. Even by today's standards, it would take thousands of people to build the ark. It would take so much timber to build the ark, money, 
time, labor. Noah had to be an amazing administrator and organizer. It wasn't just him and his boys. They were employing all kinds of people to build this kooky idea. Yes. Well, when I think of the ark and you see so many movies about Noah and his son building the ark, it w- the project was too big for just, you know, Noah and his sons to get done. Of course. It was a huge building project. You know, Rick, while you're talking, I'm thinking, what would have happened, where would we be if Noah had not obeyed God? We wouldn't be. Exactly. (laughs) And that's what I want to say, because the assignment that God has given to each one of us, it's about God developing something in us. But what if we don't do what he says to do? It's going to affect somebody else. I think of people in their race of faith, and your family's looking at you, or your children are looking at you, or your wife's looking at you, your husband's looking at you, and all of a sudden you say, I can't do this anymore. What is your decision? How is it going to affect those that are looking at you and watching you? It's, we have to be so careful about what we just carelessly think. You know, I'm going to give up. No, we're not giving up because we have too much at stake. God's doing too much inside of us as we believe him. And as we hold on to our word from God, we're affecting others who are watching. Well, and the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 2.5 that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So while the world was laughing at him, he was preaching to them, telling them they need to repent or it's going to be bad news. Mm-hmm. He was re- telling them to repent. But in Hebrews 11, verse 7, it goes on to say, Noah was moved with fear. Moved with fear is a translation of a Greek word which means to do something urgently. He took this very seriously from God. He moved urgently and prepared an ark, the word prepared, describes putting forth great, great effort. This was a monumental project. As I've said, it took money, it took people, it took time, nearly 100 years. And they begin to build that ark. By the way, the word ark describes a huge wooden box. It was just a big container. And you can read about this in Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. I'm going to read to you. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Then verses 11 to 14 says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon all the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark. He spoke to Noah and gave him a word. Well, nobody had ever heard such of a thing. But Hebrews 11, 7 says, By faith... So we know Noah has a word from God. He's standing by it through his unbendable, unbreakable, never give up, never surrender kind of faith. Noah, being warned of God as things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark. This goes back to what Denise was saying. 
to the saving of his house. The Greek means for the explicit purpose of saving his own household. Noah's obedience affected his family. Now, we're getting ready to go to Eastern Turkey to a reputed site of Noah's Ark. I believe it probably is the real site. I've done a lot of research. Noah went into that ark, and the Bible tells us that God shut the door. They could hear the screams of people outside, probably banging on the walls of the ark, but it was too late. It was too late. And Noah and his family and all those animals floated on the waters of destruction, floated on it. They could hear the rain coming. They could feel that huge, massive wooden box as it began to lift from the earth. Can you imagine that? Tilting this way and this way and they hung those big stones on the outside of it to give balance to the ark. Noah had acted on instructions from heaven that nobody had heard of or even imagined would be possible. He had opportunity to give up. He built for nearly a hundred years. Spent a fortune, a fortune just on the timber, paying the employees. The delivery. The delivery, the construction of the vessel, bringing all the animals, putting, and imagine the systems that were on that ark just to take care of food and waste. All of it being directed from heaven. And people would have had the opportunity to say, this man's mind has gone tilt. But Noah knew. He heard from God. Mm -hmm. And in his time, in his generation, just like Hebrews 11.3 says, <clears throat> with a word from God, he got into agreement with God. And in his time, and in his generation, he changed history in his age. And we're all here right now because of one man who decided he would stay in a place of faith. He could have moved outside of faith. He could have said, you know what's taken too long? hundred years? If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. There's been plenty of time for this to happen. I've spent all my money. I don't want to waste any more money on this project. Mrs. Noah's not in agreement. My kids, my poor sons, bless their hearts, they've wasted their whole lives trying to get into agreement with what I think God told me. They could have gone on and built a career. <laughs> But Noah just said, uh-uh, nope, not budging, not going to move. I know what God said. And when the whole deal was over and the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, by the way, it doesn't say on Ararat. It says the mountains of Ararat. That was a whole range of mountains. That door opened and they walked out. That's another story. They inherited the earth. They inherited the earth. And what a mess they inherited. Can you imagine the whole world would be covered with water, mud, destruction? <clears throat> it took faith to get started. It wasn't just the ark. I think that's also important because once you start in the life of faith, you have to keep moving in the life of faith. Mm -hmm. But he could have been like others who drew back. And if he had drawn back, we wouldn't be having this conversation tonight. Mm -mm. We're here because of one man that got a word from God 
and never moved away from it. Denise? I'm just thinking that, you know, when we get a word from God, it's like you want somebody to believe this word with you. You want somebody to be a cheerleader or whatever with you. But the word was not given to them. The word was given to you for you to obey. And you know what that does? That just drives us deeper down into the presence of God and down to his truth and down to his power to grab a hold of what it is that he's wanting to produce in us as we finish this word from him. Amen. Paul? Amen. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for doing the stand-ups at Noah's Ark because for so many people, the idea of a worldwide flood and Noah's Ark seems like a myth. But when you visit Noah's Ark and you see a boat in the mountains, there's no other boat locked in place in the mountains of that age. Obviously, this is Noah's Ark. Thank you for bringing us back to the basics. Thank you for talking about the Word of God and reminding us of these important biblical facts that we build our lives on. Maxine? Uh, yes, I, w- I, want, I want to say um, something that blesses me to think about when Pastor Rick talks about the people that received the Word of God, and of course in, in the Greek original it's the word rhema, and one of the meanings of the word rhema is event, an event, which means when God gives you His rhema word, wonderful events will start happening I love that. in your life. One of the meanings of the word rhema in Greek is event. So it's, it becomes physical. When God gives you his rhema word, Good. you will see it in the physical world. It becomes an event. And one more thing that, 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 that I want to mention real quick. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Paul, you brought our attention to this uh, phrase. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I believe, Pastor Rick, I think it's the word zeteo. Exiteo. well, the same root. Uh-huh. And I want to explain the meaning of this word. It's not just, you know, casually looking. You're talking about diligently. Right, diligently seek him. The word zeteo or exiteo, the same uh, stem. Zeteo, exiteo. Diligently seek him. Here's the meaning. Try to imagine if you had $10,000 and you misplaced it and you put it somewhere in your house and you cannot find it. How much effort, how many efforts you would, you would have put into finding $10,000 that you, or million dollars. I mean, you would not go to bed until you found it. That's how God wants us to seek him. That's how God wants us to look for him. And then he will become the, re, the rewarder. And reward is always something bigger than you earned, right? That's what reward is. There's a bonus. So he gives us more than, than what we earn. Think. Pay, payday always comes. Amen. 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 Payday always comes. Hey, but we're out of time. But tomorrow night we're going to be back and we're going to look at, are you ready? Abraham. Everybody always talks about the great faith of Abraham. My goodness, it's amazing. Anybody would call him the father of faith. He made so many mistakes. And it's encouraging to me that he is the father of faith. If he could do it, we for sure can do it. He got a word from God. Amen changed his life and we're all here because of father abraham the go to bed we'll see you tomorrow night bye-bye if you enjoyed that teaching please subscribe like and comment so more people can see it